Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Jeremy is joining us now uh, on uh, Weekend Mornings. Jeremy, great to see you. Great to have you back. Great to be here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we, we can hear you indeed. Just... We've also got Roger Coe joining us, your good friend, singer, restaurateur, and a bit of an expert on Chinese literature. Welcome, both of you. Yeah. And, and Jeremy, good morning. Good. Happy New Year. Oh, good morning. Tell us about this particular song, uh, this mix of Gongshi Gongshi, Jeremy. Why, well, why do you well like this uh, no, just now you uh, very kindly said it was my composition, but unfortunately, I didn't write it. I wish I wrote it. It's an arrangement of mine. In fact, all the tunes on the Kongxi album, which is uh, one an album of mine that I produced six years ago, but still always stays on the charts, uh, on the iTunes charts on Jan- in January and February every year. So that song was, uh, I think, the title track. Uh, I you know, just basically... Kong Si. Kong Si, yeah. So, but that was kind of a fusion, uh, contemporary jazz uh, arrangement of the tune. And Roger, you're a Chinese singer yourself. Gong Si Gong Si, it's the first Chinese New Year song I ever heard when I came to Singapore in 1996. It's a staple, you hear it everywhere. Rightly so, yes. Mm. So yeah. Tell us about that song. What, what is it about? What does it mean? Gongsi means congratulations, yeah? Mm. And that song has been re- has been sung by millions of times and well-known by Chinese all over the world. However, many people don't know that the song was not written to celebrate the Lunar Chinese New Year. Is that right? Oh, wow. The modern, yeah. The modern China is a country in extreme war and poverty. At that time, the people neither have enough to wear nor to eat. And they also have to escape the rain of bullets and bombs every second, every minute. So the war ended in 1945. The, 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 the China-Japanese war ended in 1945. The blissful rain of tears soaked countless dry soul and tired hearts. And the Chinese people who had been exhausted for half a century finally had the courage to look forward to tomorrow. Yeah. In this context, the song was written. Wow, see, I didn't even realise, Roger, that, that it was that recent. I just assumed it went back generations and generations. Ancient. It's yeah. 1945, so 70 years ago. Huh. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. extraordinary stuff. And it wasn't even written yeah. for Chinese New Year. That's extraordinary. And, yeah. and, and Jeremy, everyone is, you know, everyone has done this song. Everyone has heard this song. How, how do you go about when you're arranging a piece like this that is such a time-honoured classic and favourite? How do you go about, how do you, how do you put your own stamp on it in a way that will be, that you think will be meaningful to people? Well, you know, a good melody, whether a folk melody or a melody that's been around or 100 or 200 or whatever, 100 years, uh, can always be, is very malleable and can be arranged in any particular style. Mm. But I have to say, because this song is very short, it's a short form, it's not it's not a nice proper AABA musical form, um, it was the hardest one on the album to come mm. up with something. Uh, you know, so then I say, listen, I love this whole uh, Dave Grusin uh, 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 GRP sound, right? Yeah. And I said, let me see if I can apply that to this particular song. And, and I, it worked. Uh, I enjoyed myself recording this. And Roger, why are Chinese New Year songs so important, do you think, for the celebration of this festival? I think most of most of the Chinese New Year song has been written in the 40s and in the 50s. And it carries a background of the hardship. They suffer over the years, and there's a bright, bright future to look uh, into when uh, Chinese New Year occurs. Wow. Yeah, so, and, and sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah. what would be some of the songs that we might be familiar with that talk about that kind of thing? 
In fact, the the next one, uh, it's Gong Xi Fa Cai, Gong Xi Fa Cai, and uh, Her Xinian. Uh, these three songs were written in the forties, so it's it's in the aftermath of the uh, the war, hmm. World War Two. Yeah. yeah, so there's a great expectation. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole positive attitude that was there and gave exactly. birth to celebratory songs, yeah. Celebratory songs. Finally, coming out of war, and everybody had something to yeah. look forward to and look yes, and, and look back to the family. And and when you see what's happening this year, for example, with everyone you know having to practice our social distancing cool. in a different way and less visitation, does music now? Uh, have uh, maybe uh, an outsized role that it hasn't had in recent years because maybe with smaller gatherings we might be listening more to music or or you know getting around some of those cultural icons like songs like this because we don't have so much family time or friend time. Yeah, I think people are really enjoying it. Sure, I, got, I, I saw I saw on uh, people sharing on Facebook and also uh, with me on WhatsApp. Hey, I'm this is my Chinese New Year reunion dinner background music you know <laughs> so uh, so i mean i'm so glad that this this album has got such good life after six years you know it's like almost like a christmas album right every year the songs come back uh, and also a national day right we have our own uh, songs that come back every year uh, uh to make us uh, feel in the spirit of the moment you know? yeah it's a fascinating parallel that mm. i've only just discovered from listening to roger that many of the classic christmas songs white christmas songs of that era were written actually at the same time either in yes. the war or just after the war world war ii yes. talk about a sense of longing mm. a sense of loss a sense of hope a sense of family a sense of coming together reunion yeah. i found that absolutely i've only mm. just found that out today i find that extraordinary that they've essentially chinese new year songs and christmas songs have come from the same place mm roughly the same yeah. time talking about mm-hmm. the same things that's extraordinary roger yes yeah yes yeah. yes and uh, for this year i think because we stay at home more we have more time to do research about these songs mm. <laughs> <laughs> by the way i'm yeah. feeling so jealous because the three of you are wearing such wonderful red shirts and t-shirts and i you know and i'm going i'm i'm, I'm dressed for valentine i'm sorry all of oh, okay. we'll keep <laughs> you yeah. jeremy i thought for sure we had sent I thought for sure we had sent you the fashion memo, but perhaps it got yeah. lost in the internet yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get the uh, Hong Su, you know, the Hong, the Hong Su memo. Memo. But I, I want to ask you, Jeremy. I'm sure over the years, traditionally Chinese New Year. I, tell me if I'm wrong, but would have been a, a, a busy time for you. Would that would that be a time for gigs? What 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 is it like at Chinese New Year for a musician? Do you play gigs? Are they different? What are they like? No, actually. Uh, Unfortunately, Chinese New Year is when it's uh, most of the even jazz clubs will close because, you know, it's really the time for family. It's mm. it's uh, and it's not so much the time to go out and party. I mean, maybe now the young people you know would like to go out and party and they cannot. But but for us, like for example, the reunion night, there will be nobody in the clubs, and so very often they will close the clubs on uh, re- reunion night. And then, in fact, uh, like a jazz club that it's opened recently called the Tin Box Retro and, uh, and and Jazz Club, but no music, right? Just just open and waiting for us to be able to play. Mm. I'm supposed to play there twice a week. But uh, uh, they, for example, have closed for like a week, almost a week since last Thursday until next Tuesday or something like that. 
Yeah. So, mm. yeah, it's, yeah. A home. it's a family. It's really a family affair. Sure. And Roger, when you think about your years of, of performing, and uh, did you perform uh, any festive season uh, concerts that are particularly memorable to you that come back to you? No, no, no. I, actually, he introduced me as a singer. I'm, I'm not. I only sing in the bathroom. <laughs> that was Jeremy. That he's was very Jeremy. Humble. He has his own rec- he has his own album that I produced for him. He's See? a very good singer. So he's being he's being very modest, which Roger, we appreciate. Roger, I sing in the shower. <laughs> I do not have my own album. So uh, you, you obviously are a good singer. <laughs> no, no, no. Jeremy is waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roger. We won't put you on the spot, but I'm quite sure you must have done something uh, pretty good uh, over the years. Have uh, you have you performed <laughs> together before? Well, only on the recording. I, re- I produced yeah. Roger's uh, debut album uh, some years ago. We recorded it in Germany uh, along with some other albums I was there to record. And Roger came over on a, on a rather wintry, uh, 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 uncharacteristically wintry season in like I think mm. March. It was still snowing. And, uh, and uh, you know, we recorded an album for him, English and Chinese songs. So I'm going to ask Roger to send the, the, uh, the CDs to the U2 guys. So sure. Oh, sure. Please yes. do, please yes. do. Love and Jeremy, yes. I wanted to ask you, Jeremy, from a musical standpoint, you know, one of the things you often hear, sometimes from young Singaporeans, perhaps unfairly, is that the Chinese New Year songs, they can be a bit repetitive. You hear them over and over again. You know, if you're in a supermarket, it's gong, si gong, si gong, si ni, you know, all day long, all day long. <laughs> from a musical standpoint, what do you like, or maybe sometimes dislike? I don't. I don't know. What do you like about Chinese New Year songs and compositions? Well, for me, you know, like I said, melody is king, and and I, I always listen. I always listen to to melody, good melodies, and and I can hear, you know, where I can extrapolate it to be bring it a bit more into the genre I love, which is jazz. And uh, and uh, I think on the album, the happiest jazz song I, that I've done is Her Xinian. And, uh, and 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 musically, it really lent itself to a, like almost like a sounding like a actual jazz standard, you know. And uh, and and I, you know, I guess I look at it like that. Of course, I also am. Whether it's Christmas or Chinese New Year, I also get really fed up of a year fatigue of hearing nonstop in the shopping centers. So I said, I got to do something about this, and I got to <laughs> come up with an album that will give people a different perspective. And it's playing a lot in shopping centers because I check my Shazams and people are Shazamming me. So, so it must be, uh, uh, you know, listened to a lot. But I, I bet you after a while, people get sick of, of even my album. <laughs> well, so I have some, uh, something to add. I think if you were to understand the background when the songs were written, uh, you're able to listen to it more times. Without yeah, getting yeah. fatigued, yeah. Uh, be more appreciative of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, more appreciative of it. Yeah. Even already, yeah. Roger, the the comments yeah. you've made today, Roger, I'm I'm much more appreciative yeah, I, of the I'm, history of these songs. Yeah, generally. Yeah, so. you know, uh, we don't want to take anything away from Chinese New Year, but we we can't let this interview pass without talking about Chick Corea, who we lost earlier this week at 79 years old. And, and Jeremy, yeah. I, I just wanted to get your take on him. Of course, in the 60s, he performed with Miles Davis. In the 70s, he was known for jazz. As fusion and return to forever and and on and on. I, I believe the most Grammys ever by a jazz performer um, in the forty or forty five uh, Grammys, something like that. Think, uh, Jeremy, what did, what did he mean to you? Well, yeah, definitely he, he. Well, for me, you know, he's my my most important guru, and I only realized it after he passed away. Can you imagine that? Because mm. I love Herbie Hancock, I love Keith Jarrett, but I realized that in terms of a 
as a pianist, the jazz pianist. Number two is a composer because he composed far more than the other two of them. Mm. And uh, lastly, uh, his work ethic. He was so approachable. And although he was like this godly jazz figure, you know, he would be so friendly. In fact, I met him four or five times and seen him six or seven times around the world. And one of the times that I met him was when I was going to play uh, just after him in the Montreal Jazz Festival. So Mm -hmm. my Montreal Festival concert was right after Chick Corea. And uh, he was walking past me as I was having dinner on the street. And he goes, hey, I remember you when we met in March. You said that you're going to play on the same show with me. I said, yeah, man, great great to see you, Chick. And we Uh. got up and he gave me a big hug. (laughs) I mean, he's such a warm... He was such a warm person, you know, and, and uh, I think, um, you know, the, the loss is felt really by the jazz community and jazz fans, um, like a loss of a family member. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. talking about jazz legends, as we are, uh, someone has to correct you, Jeremy, because you said just now that occasionally maybe Chinese New Year songs, Christmas songs, they can get a little bit repetitive. Not if they're played by you. According to our regular listener and contributor, <laughs> Pinchier has said, never, <laughs> never get tired of Jeremy. <laughs> Singapore oh, so jazz <laughs> icon. <laughs> Singapore, <laughs> Singapore. So Singapore jazz icon, what yeah. we've got your whole album. We're going to play another track shortly. What are your favourite Chinese New Year tunes to play, and why? Well, I really like her Nian because, like I said, when I'm playing this tune, it's like playing any jazz standard, you know. Uh, and and it it could even be, uh, you know, uh, you know, it could be even in a jazz concert. Really, if I were to do a concert overseas where people don't really know this is a Chinese New Year song, I could play it as part of the repertoire and, and people will just go, wow, what a original, uh, again, I didn't write it, <laughs> original, uh, you know, tune. And Roger, you, mm. yourself, which songs, would you, uh, whether it's in the shower or whether it's Jeremy recording, <laughs> actually, which actually, songs do you like to Actually, after going through all the researchers, uh, after going through all the re- researchers, I think I, I like Kongsi Kongsi the most. Mm. It's, wow. the, this, it's the original Chinese New Year song. Mm. Oh, because mm. of why? Because of its authenticity, or what is it about that song that you like? Because when you when you listen to the uh, original rendition by Yao Li, uh, you can hear the a mixed mood behind uh, her voice. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Roger, I have to ask you a question because one of our, our regular listeners, Mike Ong, has just uh, uh, reminded us about your famous atas fried rice. So you got to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you, of course, uh, rice. you are a famous restaurateur here. So tell us, tell us about you. I have not had it. I'll be honest with you. So tell us about what makes your fried rice so so famous. Well, we, we serve the ultimate fried rice, and <laughs> it is also known as being expensive. But I want to say it's very, very good, and it's worth every every single cent. <laughs> so what's the what's the trick? What's the secret to it? Uh, we we don't we do not mass produce. In fact, we limit ourselves to like doing twenty portions a day, mm. and we make sure it's tip top uh, perfection. Mm. And it's it has it is uh, garnished with uh, one entire mud crab. We extract the the meat from the mud crab as a garnishing oh. on the fried rice. Wow. Yeah. 
So at twenty five dollars is really a bargain. <laughs> Roger is opening a new restaurant very soon, so we got to go to his new restaurant in a few weeks when it opens. Oh, and I'll take you guys there for lunch, and we'll have his. We fantastic. We've got to go. Yes, wow. we have yeah. got to go. Do we have a piano? Can we see a little bit of uh, Gongsi Gongsi <laughs> over there? Or? I'll bring my little keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Hey, um, uh, Roger, where is that new restaurant going to be? Jalambasa. Oh, nice. 279, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, we are going to look forward to we that. We are definitely going to go along to that. That'll be fantastic. Uh, I didn't know we wow. had a, a restaurateur legend as well as a singing legend and a jazz legend. We're just overflowing with legends today. This is a, <laughs> this is a, I'm a only cup a overflowing. I'm only a legend my own lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> You're a, this is a cornucopia of amazing stories here on uh, Great on way Money to celebrate. Uh, gentlemen, we're going to have to leave it there, but thank you so much for coming on today, Jeremy Montero, of course, and Roger Coe. Uh, to, to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.